I'm a stupid bitch. I'm a stupid bitch. I am a stupid bitch. I am a stupid bitch. Hello, everybody. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Dumb Bitch Media. I'm too far away from the microphone. I'm going to scoot closer. Okay. (laughs) There we go. Feels much better. Does it feel better? We're closer together now. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Mm-hmm. I'm Sophie at Bingo Daddy. And I'm Ev at No Money No Honey. Great. (laughs) (laughs) That's out of the way. Yes. How are you doing? I'm good. I work today and I work tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And then we go to Edmonton. Yay. Yeah. Very exciting. How are you? I'm well as well. Yeah. I worked a lot um, this past week. Yeah. Yeah. Money was good. Work was annoying. Classic. Classic. Work be annoying. <laughs> <laughs> I'm also excited to go to Edmonton. Mm-hmm. Edmonton has let us know. I guess we'll release this. We'll already the be day in that we go to Edmonton. Yeah. Okay, so if there's anywhere where we should eat, I guess yeah, let us. I know. would appreciate that. Um, That's all we'll have time to do. People are telling <laughs> me we have to go to Steel Wheels Pizzeria. Yeah, I heard that from someone too. Yeah. So, but I don't think I can eat anything there. True. All right. <laughs> So I'm going to make Sophie watch me eat steel wheels. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> uh, yeah, but hit us up if you have any good recommendations. Mm-hmm. We'll be doing the shows on the 10th, and then we'll be doing like a shorter spot on the 11th. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Nice and early. 7 p.m. Yeah, I love that. Did I tell you that that girl that I work with said that her family was really incestuous? Yeah, what does that mean? I don't know. Okay. She was like, I'm listening to Steely Dan. And I was like, oh, okay. And she's like, yeah, because like, I'm from the prairies. And I was like, oh, yeah. And she's like, yeah, my family's really incestuous. And I was like, because you're from the prairies? And she was like, yeah. And I was like, currently or like before? And she was like, currently. And I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Are there no legends of incest in your family? No. Okay, that's dead. No. It seems like it's incestuous, but it's not. I just have, like, two uncles mm-hmm. that are brothers that married two sisters from another family. So, like, some of my cousins are, like, double cousins. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that's not illegal. No. <laughs> that's so weird. Yeah. Are they all still together? Yeah. Damn. Yeah. You ever see shit about twins marrying twins? Yeah. That always that's fucks spooky. me up. I don't Definitely. like that. No, me either. Yeah. Do you have incest Being legends? Being a twin your- is a whole part of identity. No, thankfully my parents are from, like, basically different corners of the earth. True, yeah. So they can't really... That's not really a thing. No. <laughs> my uh, grandfathers on both sides were childhood best friends, and they had a double wedding. Oh. Yeah. That's kind of cute. Yeah. Let's be clear. If I could have a wedding where my husband wouldn't even have to be there, so it could just be 100% about me, that would be... <laughs> A party. At a double you want to have a party. Yeah, at a double wedding, you only get 25% of the attention, and it's like, what the fuck is that about? You have to look hotter than the other bride. It's like a whole thing. I have to do that at regular weddings as it is. The other bride? Yeah. <laughs> if I go to a wedding, <laughs> I'm getting married. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I know. The, the best thing about being mixed is that you can be pretty sure that your parents aren't related. That's true. That's yeah. really nice. <laughs> I unfriended 150 people on Facebook today. Okay. Yeah. Snip, snip. <laughs> Why? Because I get really anxious about looking at my Facebook because it's all these like randoms. Okay. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. I was like, I don't like this. So I deleted a bunch of like comedians that just like add everybody oh, and like a bunch of people insane. that I used to work with and just like stuff like that. Like you're going to network with me on Facebook. Yeah. Get Twitter and grow up. I don't want to see your stupid posts. No. And I don't want you to see my posts. I don't log onto Facebook unless I have notifications. Yeah. Like to see if I got a spot or something. Plus half my notifications are like memories, especially right now because it's back to school. So it's like, want to see a picture of yourself being absolutely destroyed during Fresh Week? And it's like, no, I don't. <laughs> I want to see that. <laughs> Please, Dad, no. <laughs> <laughs> 
one mistake that I made definitely was, like, deleting all the insane people from, like, middle school and high school and, like, my hometown and stuff off Facebook because I was trying to, like, cleanse them at one point, I guess. But now I'm like, no, that's where all the meat and, like, the fun of logging onto Facebook is because people our age that use Facebook are... Insane. Exactly. Yeah. So (laughs) it's good people watching. That's true. I now I just have, have to lurk them like manually that. and hope that they have their page, like, not on private. They normally do. Yeah, I know. But it's uh, not the same as it showing up in your newsfeed. It's, like, more exciting. Definitely. I'm like, who had a baby with who? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I love people who put their relationship drama online. Me too. That's the best. I was reading a Reddit relationships post yesterday, mm-hmm. and it was like, I knew she was going to take it to Facebook, so then I took it to Facebook and, like, blah, blah, blah. And, like, all the comments were, like, both of you guys are wrong. Yes. I knew she was... I only took it to Facebook because I knew she was going to take it to Facebook. It's like, how about neither of you take it to Facebook? How about you don't take it to Facebook? I'm so glad the details of none of my breakups have ever been public. Yeah. Me too. Like, dude, what? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Dark. I mean, there is a there is a rumor circulating that I, I did get dumped over my landmark appearance on Beep Beep Lettuce, the podcast that's about weed memes and communism, but... <laughs> it's just a rumor. <laughs> we can't pay any lip service to nasty rumors like that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. Should we talk about stuff? Yeah, let's talk about stuff. So, a Brooklyn-based startup has piloted a do-it-yourself rape kit called the Me Too Kit that is being advertised as a way for victims to administer a rape kit at home instead of seeing a medical professional. And the kit includes a container for saliva swabs, um, a container for genital area swabs, and a bag for clothing, and then people are instructed to take it to police after they use this kit. Mm-hmm. But as we know, that would be useless because it is not able to be used in court as evidence. Mm-hmm. And critics are saying that they're worried that this is actually going to dissuade people from seeking actual medical attention. Yeah. And um, yeah, how do we feel about this? The founder of the Me Too kit is a 23-year-old named Madison Campbell from Brooklyn. Okay. Yeah. So she's stupid. Yeah. Okay. Nice. <laughs> she's she's doing bid things for twenty three year olds everywhere. <laughs> twenty three and me too. <laughs> twenty three and me too. Yeah. That's funny. <laughs> yeah. Obviously, there's no there's not going to be any like usefulness or like validity to these. But yeah, even on top of that, it's harmful. It takes money from rape victims. Yeah. It's disgusting. It's capitalizing off. Yeah. People who are worried about being sexually assaulted or who have been in the past. Definitely. Yeah. And so they're supposed to bring this to police themselves. Yeah. They're not, like, sending it anywhere or anything. But also, like, people, just, like, lay people don't have the skills to collect evidence without contaminating it. No. And it... (laughs) And like you said, what if you need more medical assistance than just... You know, putting your clothes a in a bag. Yeah. Stupid. She's she's addressed criticism for it and says that she wants to add features that can prevent the chain of custody from being broken. Like, let me pull it. She had some examples of things that she wants to add. She said she wants to give survivors time to process their trauma by not forcing them to go into the system. Mm-hmm. And they're considering ways to make the Me Too kit um, admissible in court, like tamper-proof packaging, a barcode system that would time the test, and a feature where a friend could be present as a witness who would then write an affidavit. That is the stupidest shit I've ever heard in my entire life. It's like these people literally have no brain cells. No, it it's it's actually obscene and like obviously. You I- know when a child tries to invent something. Yeah. Yeah. This is like <laughs> this is like dragons dens kids. Yeah. Like hi dragons, I have a very exciting opportunity to present to you today. Have you ever been raped before? <laughs> <laughs> Do you wish that you could have not been raped? <laughs> 
can buy in for just uh, 70% of the business and 10% of your trauma. What the <sighs> fuck is that? It's, okay, it's so cynical to profit off, like, victim survivors. But moreover, this is what people have been saying about Me Too. Since the beginning. All along. Yeah. Is that there's no... There's not a lot of value for people who are participating in the movement as survivors. Yes. Possibly finding community and support, but at the cost of, like, rehashing their trauma, feeding the media machine, which is obviously constantly hungry for tear-jerking... details. Exactly. Stories. And now literal profiteers. Yeah. And to be a 23-year-old girl, like, one of the members of, like, the main demographic of people who are sexually assaulted, like, such a dick, Madison, whatever the fuck your name is. This is just more proof that being a girl boss is a mental disorder. <laughs> it literally is, though. How did she think this is a good idea? Somebody patted her on the back Brooklyn's for this. a disease. Oh, my God. It's It's insane. It's like, hmm, hmm. What's a market I can tap? Oh, yeah. People are getting raped all the time across the entire country. (laughs) What is wrong with you? (laughs) And they're afraid to get help. You know when you're trying to start a business and the first thing you got to do is look for a gap in the market? Yeah. (laughs) This also isn't (laughs) going to address, like, police incompetency or unwillingness to like prosecute, yeah. prosecute, or you know people's fears about getting rape kits. Yeah, like it. Yeah. <sighs> okay, I did think it was funny that people were making all the jokes about it being like twenty three and me, and you just like <laughs> mailing off <laughs> I was... you and your rapist DNA. <laughs> I was laughing at um, like they have this like evidence tape that is used to seal the bags, and it's yeah. like evidence washi tape for your scrapbook. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> Sexual assault, but make it cute. <laughs> uh. I just, uh, I'm just at a loss for words. It's like there's such an actual gap in services yeah and support for victims of sexual assault and like and this is what them came out of it yeah nothing <laughs> nothing positive because you can't you can't make money off like providing legitimate services, services. yeah uh <sighs> Can you imagine how much this girl is sucking her own dick, telling everybody about her invention? Uh, well, she probably was until everybody started roasting her. That's good. That's good. This is how bullying can be used for good. This is like when someone, when you're in an echo chamber and nobody tells you that your idea is stupid. Because she's only friends with other girls who live in Brooklyn and fucking, like drink oat milk lattes and like hang out at the fucking Wayne working on their little sexual assault startups. <laughs> Literally what's next? Their little sexual assault startups. What's next? Like a Calvin Klein underwear set that's like rape proof or something. Uh, preventing sexual assault in my Calvins. <laughs> <laughs> Getting me too in my Calvins. <laughs> Like, that that trend of, like, never mind, this is too dark. What? I'll cut it. <laughs> I was gonna say that trend where, like, the big feminist thing was to make art out of your period blood, but the new feminist thing to do is to <laughs> make art out of the semen left behind at your rape scene. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Okay, 
Okay. <laughs> no more bits about sexual assault. I'm sorry. It's a very, very serious issue. <laughs> That I would never make jokes about, even though it helps me cope, you fucking hosers. Hosers. (laughs) You tradents. Okay. Well, we're on the topic of Me Too, should we just move on to the next topic? Yeah. So, speaking of Me Too, in the wake of Me Too... And as we're heading towards the upcoming federal election in Canada, there's been a lot of talk about campaigns redesigning their policies in order to try and prevent sexual harassment from happening during campaigns. Like, I mean, liberals love to talk about how uh, women were harassed working on Bernie's campaign and, like, point fingers to how that's... His fault. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Indicative of, like, a larger problem amongst Bernie supporters or whatnot. But Canadian political parties are doing some work on that from within. Specifically, the Liberals and the Conservatives. The NDP has kind of a larger, more blanket anti-harassment policy. Right. They already had one kind of instituted, right? Exactly. But the conservatives are feeling a lot of pressure to work on their policy in specific because there was a conservative MP in 2015 who was still allowed on the ballot after he had been accused of sexual misconduct, like a truly alarming amount of women. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Rick Distra? Yeah. Do you remember him? Yeah. Yeah. I remember him because when- He was Toronto? Yeah. Yeah. When that happened, the running joke was that everyone that I knew that worked for the government was like, everyone check your DMs, like, Rick Distra's probably fucking been in them. Because <laughs> the, num- yeah, the sheer was, number of He was, of like, women, messaging women online, right? Yeah, the yeah. sheer number. And I think he there were allegations against him of being creepy in real life as well. Yeah. But the most noted thing about him was just the widespread... Like, the sheer degree of women that he sex-pested online. In uh, different cities, too. Yes. My friend got messaged by him. Yes, exactly. (laughs) From an account with his, like, actual name on it. Everyone was, like, checking their Instagram followers and everything. It was very funny. (laughs) It's very funny. (laughs) Yeah, he he was in my friend's DMs. So, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's a known thing. People are talking a lot about the policy within within the campaigns, but then also about what to do about the fact that vulnerable people, specifically young women, are being sent to knock on doors by themselves, you know, at not all hours of the day, but... Reasonably. Reasonably. At times when people would be home. Evenings. Evenings, exactly. And what can be done about some of the dangers that are faced by people whose job is to go literally talk to strangers yeah right so it's kind of an interesting discussion it is yeah i read that um they actually hired an american guy who's worked on developing kind of like hr policies for different american political parties as well Mm -hmm. and that he was saying that the reason this is such a problem during campaigns is because they hire so many volunteers that they can't possibly vet everybody who's volunteering for a campaign yeah so the idea is to have a really, really strong, essentially, HR policy so that they can easily get rid of people who are being a problem. But that relies on people reporting and being taken seriously. Definitely. In order yeah. to actually use those frameworks. Yeah. That definitely makes sense, I guess. Yeah. It does. I get you can't, it. You can't present, prevent it as much. And also, I mean, of course, like, offenses and misconduct is perpetrated all the time by people who don't have records or like haven't yeah. previously there's no way they could possibly perpetrated <laughs> yeah i think it's it's interesting to have kind of a larger conversation too about how more transient workplaces yeah. or temporary workplaces come with their own set of problems and how it can be difficult or how workers are more vulnerable 
to be both exploited but also to experience things like harassment and not be protected for sure. in workplaces that are impermanent um, ephem- yeah exactly yeah. ephemeral transient not possibly not as structured yeah as like our normal understanding of let's say like an office job yeah yeah have you experienced that yeah like i mean i feel like when i was working in the camping industry like obviously the industry was static in the sense that all of the roles and like the framework was there but you would get new people like all the time right like mm-hmm. for two months for three months whatever yeah and you definitely dealt with a lot of issues which are some of the same ones that they were talking about which was like um after hours activities with staff mm-hmm. and dating in the workplace were ones that they definitely. were specifically identifying for these campaign issues and that was something that we dealt with a lot because you're spending a lot of hours with the same people a lot of Everybody starts at the same time, so you don't really know anybody. So people try to bond by, like, going out after work and getting drinks, which is, like, not necessarily appropriate. Yeah. And a lot of the time you're dealing with young people, too. Mm-hmm. And they end up dating each other because that's their main dating pool, right? Like Definitely. Both of those are pretty similar. I think you have a lot of young people volunteering for campaigns and stuff. Definitely, yeah. That, that definitely made sense. And that's also was the experience that I was going to sort of talked about as well was like working in parks and working in recreation like in sports Mm -hmm. that was a huge problem working a lot with a lot of young people no real protection from either anti-harassment policies or no real protection as an employee in general right because you're considered like a contract worker so you don't have access to a lot of the normal resources resources and safeguards that you would have in like you said like a longer term more traditional workplace a lot of it as well when you're dealing with young people is they just don't know what their rights are Mm -hmm. or what they can actually do if there's a problem right right and especially in those kind of transient workplaces they're not really given access to those resources like you just said Mm -hmm. so and it's the same with like workplace injury and stuff like that like people don't know what their rights are to like refuse unsafe work or like complain about someone making them uncomfortable like definitely and i i think that also like the the system relies on that oh it and does bosses rely yeah. on that and they definitely exploit the fact that a lot of young people don't understand labor rights a lot of young people don't understand tenants rights absolutely that's a big that's one that's a big one but like i know i've talked about this before probably for example but my landlord hates me and part of the reason why is because she thought that she was going to be able to coerce me into signing another year lease yeah when legally in ontario after a year lease you automatically go to month to month if you don't sign another lease Mm -hmm. and she just kind of neglected to give me the full information and yeah. she assumed that because I was young, you would I would have an understanding of tenants' law. Yeah, I've had like definitely the same experience with uh, labor disputes. Mm-hmm. They think that you before. don't know. Definitely, I had to take a former employer to the Ministry of Labor because I quit my job and he didn't want to give me my last paycheck yeah. and my vacations pay. Um, and I think like a lot of people are. A lot of employers are exploitative of, again, the lack of understanding of workers' rights amongst young people, but also because a lot of young people don't have that understanding, they're also vulnerable to things like threats that you could lose your job yeah. if you report harassment, mm-hmm. which you also can, by the way, which you even, can. If, even if you're your union yeah. or whatever people can always find ways around that, obviously. It's fair to be vulnerable to those threats because it is possible of course yeah of course but i mean like i think the duty of like these campaigns and other similar workplaces is to at, even if they don't have time to necessarily train people to at least give them like a package of resources yeah something something some sort of access to anything yeah and obviously people are gonna drink together outside of work and stuff there's nothing that can necessarily really i don't think that that's a problem in and of itself but you just need to just define whether that falls under like the workplace if something happens yeah that needs to be clear you know what i mean yeah 
I think that the best way to handle that normally is that I think that people should be disciplined in the workplace if they if they act insane to their coworkers outside if it's over the line where it's something like sexual misconduct. I had a situation like that at my old workplace. Mm-hmm. I wasn't invited to this party, obviously, because I was a supervisor, but a mm-hmm. bunch of our first year staff had a party like two weeks into the season mm-hmm. and one girl got really drunk and started threatening to kill herself. Yeah. And was like, nobody knew what to do. Like, they were all drunk. Like, they didn't mm-hmm. know what to do, whatever. And then the one guy that was trying to help her, she started, like, trying to grope him. Mm. And he didn't know what to do. So then they all came to work. And they were all really uncomfortable. And I could tell that something was going on. And I was like, what's going on? And they were like, oh, we had this party. Like, blah, blah, blah. And, like, then they reported her to the manager, basically, mm-hmm. for, like, sexually harassing this guy. Yeah. And they were like, it was just, like, a whole mess. Right. Because, like, yeah. If it makes it impossible to work together yeah. in, like, a civil and, like, normal fashion, even if it happened outside of work. It's a work problem. It's a work problem. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I went to a, a work Christmas party that was, like, after work hours and no. stuff at my, at my office job, and the director of an adjacent department took his dress shirt off tried to show me his tattoos asked me to take my shirt off and show him my tattoos and then I told him he was married which he was and he took his wedding ring off and threw it in the snowbank I told him he was married (laughs) (laughs) I politely reminded him that he was married and I had to like worked with him for two years after that yeah right and it's like there were a bunch of people that we worked with around and nobody and if there weren't like it probably would have been a lot worse yeah and it's just funny because like he had this weird look on his face, like, every single time that I talked to him at work. After? Or it was, like, yeah, I was, like, sitting in a meeting with yeah. him, was at a luncheon, whatever. Was not going out of my way to talk to him. Clearly didn't have to deal with him that much, thankfully, because, like I said, he wasn't the director of my Thank department. God. yeah. But it was, like, a fucking smirk. And I was, like, do you think we almost hooked up that night? <laughs> Is that what you think <laughs> happened? Because we have very different recollections of what happened. That's awful. Yeah. I um I reported this guy that I used to work with at the university for harassing me because mm-hmm. he was like harassing me about being gay like constantly and because we were working as first responders we had to like be on shift together like just two people and like sleep in the office yeah and I didn't want to work with him mm-hmm. so I reported him and then because it was at the university they were like you have to go through the like formal human rights complaint process that the university has which means that you have to put your name on it they have to know who's accusing them and then they get a chance to like basically defend themselves in a human rights tribunal mm. so i was like okay fuck it mm-hmm. and then at the end they Last were off. <laughs> yeah i was like i was like honestly fuck it because i yeah. hated him he was an asshole yeah and then at the end they were like oh yeah so the decision is that he said that he didn't know that he was being inappropriate because he claims he's on the spectrum and i was like okay he's never been on the spectrum until now <laughs> seriously yeah i know i know and they were like so we need to give him the chance to like make amends so like he's going to do like a reeducation program like he's going to go do like ethics training and he's still going to be on the team but he knows that you reported him right. so i quit yeah <laughs> Well, that's historically like they were like, "Oh, we'll never put him on shift with you." And I was like, "Okay, is he ever going to be in the office when I'm in the office?" Like, yeah. is he going to slander me to every other person that we work with? Yeah. Yes, of course. There was this girl that was like bullying me in the workplace at my at my old job, and I never reported her for it, even though it was like overt to the point that other people noticed noticed. And it was really bad. And then she started sexually harassing my friend, mm. Tom. And then when he was kind of, like, rejecting her advances, which were very inappropriate, then she started bullying him, too. Right. And also probably for, like, associating with me and refusing... To not, to, yeah. To, like, 
snub me because she was she apparently queen of the fucking office. Okay. <laughs> She's a real Ursula the Sea Witch. Um, <laughs> but anyways, she uh, he reported her for bullying and nothing was done about it. And it immediately got back to her and it got worse. Which was exactly what I told my boss. He was like, how come you never reported her? I was like, because... Tom did I knew. Yeah. Well, I would have reported her probably before. Oh, right. But yeah. I was like... Because I was like, I assumed that nothing would be done about it. And that it would only get worse. And then I was like... And I was right. Because I literally watched that happen to my friend. Yeah. <laughs> so, there you go. <laughs> oh, my God. So annoying. It's like, there's, there's no... There's no way to, like, negotiate. I don't even know how, like, workplace social situations... Are supposed to... Are supposed to be managed. No. It's so complicated. And also, organizational psychology is a trot of shit. Did I ever tell you about the org psych class I took in university? No. So I took this organizational psychology class my first year for, like, Mm -hmm. a requirement... And um, the professor was from Newfoundland, and she hadn't updated any of her course material. I know exactly who you're talking about. Yeah. Brenda. No, her name's Catherine. Really? Yeah. Damn, there's more than one Newfie organizational <laughs> professor. Okay, go off. Was she older? Uh, she was, like, maybe 39, 40. Okay, she was, no. Yeah. Different girl. Okay, that's so that's funny. That's so funny. <laughs> so she had just come to Ottawa, like, maybe a year before. Like, she'd maybe taught one course. Mm-hmm. And she hadn't updated any of her course material. Mm-hmm. So she was like, okay, guys, we're going to talk about, like, occupational hazards and, like, how they affect, like, the psychology of the workplace. Like, Don't tell me everything was about fucking cod fishing. It was about crab lung. <laughs> All of her examples were about crab lung, and everybody was like, okay, first of all, what is crab lung? <laughs> Do you hate it? Oh, that's so funny. No, no, no. I like it. I like it. Dude, I hate org psych so much. Yeah. I, I took org psych, and I took motivation mm. from the other newfie org psych. Brenda? Yeah, Brenda, whatever her face was. And it was just like... So much stupid fucking bootlick shit. Yeah. Like, I hate productivity culture. I just had to take it because, like, my degree is in, like, health sciences site. So, like, a lot of, you know, darkly, a lot of (laughs) health site is used in org psych it's like oh your your uh mental health your poor mental health from your job that you have to go to every day that you fucking hate is affecting your health which is in turn affecting your performance at your job that you have to go to every fucking day that you hate (laughs) which is affecting your mental health which is affecting your health which is right exactly so i had to take org psych and i was like oh my god i'm going to eat a A gun on this university campus. <laughs> I'll fucking do it. I don't What care. if we ate a gun on this university <laughs> campus and we were both girls? Uh, All right. talk about ContraPoints? Let's talk about ContraPoints. Okay, so ContraPoints is a well-known, well-loved YouTube personality mm-hmm. on BreadTube, which is how they refer to, like, the broader leftist YouTuber ecosystem I guess and her name is Natalie Wynn she's a trans woman she um has a channel where she talks about a variety of subjects but she does kind of like video essays that are big takedowns of you know alt-right fitters and she does videos with titles like why the alt-right is wrong and she actually takes the time a lot of people love her because a her videos have a, an extremely high production quality. They're very visually stimulating. They're also incredibly well researched. She does it all herself. They're video essays, like I said, and she actually engages with people who disagree with her. Mm-hmm. And one thing that she's definitely known for is that a lot of people point out that ContraPoints push them left 
Yeah. On a lot of subjects, or she de-radicalized them from the alt-right and pushed them toward, more towards the center, which is still ultimately a win, or even to the left. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She de-radicalizes a lot of, uh, like, TERFs. Exactly, yeah. yeah. She has a big following amongst, like, young cishet men. Yeah. Which I think is positive. That's cool, yeah. In terms of, you know, doing good things for trans people and also, like, just collecting more people for the left. Yeah. (laughs) And, but she catches hate sometimes on the left because she doesn't have, she's not a perfect leftist. You know, like we can't any, all be. like any of yeah yeah. Sorry, I'm a perfect angel and a perfect leftist. <laughs> <laughs> perfect skin and perfect tits. It's really difficult being me. <laughs> <laughs> she's not a perfect leftist. Like she's not a hardline. And even if she was, let's say, a hardline, perfect, never veered from 100% traditional Marxist Leninism or whatever fucking like tankies would still hate her yeah dem socks would still hate her mm-hmm. like it, she would still catch hate yeah. on the left uh, nobody's gonna meet everybody's standards but a lot of people take issue with the fact that she's just willing to She's a, honestly, she's just a critical thinker. Yeah. So she doesn't just blindly accept, I'm a ContraPoints fan if this isn't obvious, but she doesn't <laughs> just blindly accept the dominant ideology of yeah. the left in all of its facets 100% of the time and just without thinking, without about, thinking it. about it for herself. And a lot of people, I think, accuse her of pandering to the right or to the center because she's willing to meet people where they are. But like newsflash, that's how you get people to be on your side. Pe- just because people have different opinions and ideas than you and political stances doesn't mean that they're lost causes. Yeah, like you can't <laughs> be this impenetrable like set of ideas. The left wouldn't even exist if it was only made up of perfect leftists. No. It. The amount of people that you allow in your little politics club is just smaller and smaller when you rule people out for one problematic opinion that they hold by your definition or contrarian opinion, whatever, or one thing that they did in the past or whatever. Like, uh, not to slap the debt of uh, dumb and awful again, but they have a lot of good content about the rhetoric on the left towards veterans. Yes. Where a lot of people on the left are very unwelcoming to veterans because they don't want anyone who ever participated in the American war machine to be in their movement. But they're ignoring that a lot of people join the army from out of a place of necessity. Mm-hmm. And that also these people are more likely to be attracted to leftist ideas because they've been probably historically disenfranchised and guess what nothing makes you hate the army more than having been in the army (laughs) that's true yeah (laughs) so contrapoints has been run off twitter essentially at this point right yes she made the decision to leave twitter yeah but i think it was because using twitter was increasingly not an enjoyable experience for her and detracting from her message i think because people were getting so semantic about stuff yeah definitely Mm -hmm. the tweet that finally ran her off twitter (laughs) was one where she addressed the topic of pronouns and she stated that she doesn't like being asked for her pronouns and she doesn't understand why in hyper woke spaces she's consistently asked for her pronouns why when in, let's say, a sports bar in North Carolina, people just automatically address her as, like, miss and ma'am. Yeah. And there was a, a kind of a lot a lot of interesting discourse of the value of asking pronouns in, let's say, social situations, especially amongst woke people and what that can kind of mean for people who pass or don't pass and if it singles people out and... Yeah, Mm -hmm. I sent you those tweets because I thought that they were 
really good. Um, yeah. Before this entire before they drama got deleted. Happened. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And I was actually talking about this with some people after our show there that we did on Wednesday mm-hmm. before <laughs> Natalie yes. Wynn got run off Twitter. But um, I think it's interesting because she brings up a good point about some trans people's like desire to go stealth mm-hmm. with their transition. So like personally I know some people who no longer like publicly identify as trans essentially. Mm-hmm. Especially people who are post op because mm-hmm. they don't feel like they like they're they feel like their transition is complete, right? Right. So they're not identifying as like a trans man like all they the wanted time. to go from being a woman to being a man. And that's complete. Yes. And that's their perception of it. And Mm -hmm. that's not how everybody perceives their gender identity or their transition. But I do think that it's fair to say that some people feel that way. And I understand how that relates to her talking about pronouns. Mm -hmm. Because she does pass. Yeah. 85% of the time, I think she said something Mm -hmm. like that. And she is more of the, like, the thought that she wants to be stealth at some point. I know Mm -hmm. that's probably not going to happen because of her Mm -hmm. internet presence, but in some spaces she will. And you're asking someone to either lie Mm -hmm. or expose themselves when you're asking for pronouns, right? Like if someone is not wanting to expose themselves as trans Mm -hmm. and you're asking for people's pronouns, you either have to be like, I'm not giving my pronouns and then you look Mm -hmm. like an asshole. You have to say what it, like what your Mm -hmm. pronouns are, or you have to lie if you don't want to come out as trans. Right. And that's true for people who don't pass as well. Of course, yeah. In some I, situations, I think... they might have a, there might be a benefit to not passing. Yes. I do think that I empathize with her and with other passing trans people as not wanting to constantly have to have that conversation. The discussion. Mm-hmm. To, like, to be taken out of feeling being a woman living as a woman feeling like a woman other people validating that for you for somebody to say oh no remember also you're trans you weren't always yeah what you are now Mm -hmm. that must be harsh yeah for a lack of a better word like that must be that must feel like very stark in comparison to probably what can be a positive experience i imagine of passing Mm -hmm. and you know feeling validated in your intended gender identity yeah and it's like I do think that sometimes all those conversations about pronouns and stuff really take away the value of being able to parse a social situation Mm -hmm. like you don't necessarily need to ask for someone's pronouns in order to have a conversation with them and treat them like a human being no and if someone is using they them pronouns or something Mm -hmm. else that you might not expect you're likely going to hear it because they're either going to mention it Mm -hmm. or they might not or if they have a friend their friend might be using them yeah in order to like affirm their gender identity in that social situation so i think there's a lot of value in really like having organic social interactions and not Mm -hmm. asking people to identify every aspect of their identity right up front I think that I tweeted about this as well, but mm-hmm. I think that uh, it's a huge problem that a lot of people who think that they're woke will only ask for pronouns when there's someone in the group who they're not sure of what their gender identity is. Yeah. So, like, as soon as there's someone there who they suspect might be trans, sure, or yeah. there's a trans person who isn't necessarily passing or whatever, they'll be like, should we all say our pronouns? Or, like, can I get your pronouns? Yeah. And I've seen people do it to you, and obviously you're not trans. You're just a butch lesbian. Yeah. No offense. <laughs> Why is that offensive? You're just a butch lesbian. <laughs> just a butch lesbian. <laughs> and it's annoying. Yeah. Because, and, uh, because it's, like, if you don't do that all the time for everyone, which is uh, still can be problematic, what you're doing is you're singling out a person who you think is not performing their gender in, in the a way, way that you that want them to you want them to <laughs> yeah. or that you understand well my question <laughs> is like whenever people say that type of stuff it's like okay first of all why do you want to know yeah right most of the time they're just asking because they want to find out if that person is trans or not so it's like why do you need to know 
how is this going to change the way you interact with this person? If it's going to change the way you interact with them, maybe that's your problem. I also think that a lot of the time woke people kind of tell on themselves mm-hmm. that they, they're like, okay, they see a person that they, or they find out that a person is like an identity that they have to be accepting of. Yeah. And they're like, they're doing calculations in their brain. They're like, okay, be woke, be woke, be woke, be woke. They're like, what should I do? Not talk about it. And then it's like, no, too obvious. Okay, I have to find a way to address the thing and be very, very clear <laughs> that I'm super cool with whatever the fuck this person is. <laughs> That's really funny. No, but seriously, people jump all over it with me you know when they find out that like i'm indigenous or something right, they're yeah. like oh my god that's so cool this person in my family knows or, the, yeah or like i'm from somewhere that's like close to some fucking reserve and especially if it's like here or like they're from somewhere in western canada or something i'm like cool i don't know every reserve i'm just midma <laughs> <laughs> okay you know what I, it's like yeah I always felt this way about, like, <laughs> inclusiveness training at, like, my government job, like, when they made me do a training that was called Indigenous Awareness, and I told my boss that I wouldn't be doing the training because I'm aware that I'm Indigenous, <laughs> and I still had to do it anyways because everyone was mandated to do it, and it's, like, all that did was give old white dudes facts that they thought they knew about my culture Mm -hmm. you know so that they could come up to me and say those things those things and I kind of feel like that's what a lot of woke discourse does is they're like no one can just treat people that they find out uh, it at least in these hyper woke spaces they can't just treat these people like they would treat anyone yeah. who like wasn't trans or like wasn't indigenous or disabled or sex worker or what the fuck ever they have to jump over themselves to make it, it super clear yeah. that they're totally cool with it but it's like no if you were totally cool with it you would just have a normal conversation, conversation. <laughs> well that's my thing is it's like there's a lot of other ways that you can affirm someone's like identity or mm-hmm. experience and the first thing i would say is uh get to know them as a person and you will find out relevant information that is integral to that person's identity if they feel comfortable telling you. Yeah. The second one would be maybe don't talk about people like they're objects. So you don't always need to know someone's pronouns. You can talk about them like they're human. Yeah. Preferably don't talk about people if they're not there, maybe. Yeah. Because why would the fuck would you ever use someone's pronouns if they were in the room? Yeah, that's true. Like... (laughs) Are this, you not including them in the conversation? This is this is an anti-pronouns and anti-gossip. <laughs> I'm pro-gossip, but me too. Arguably, <laughs> arguably, if you're gossiping about someone and you don't know them that well, you're likely gonna get stuff wrong about them anyways because yeah, you don't know them true. that well. If There's lots of stuff you don't know, know about. Know someone. enough to know their pronouns, then maybe shut up about them. Yeah, their name out like, of your mouth. Why the fuck would you ever be talking? Keep to their name you don't know. and their pronouns <laughs> out of your mouth. mouth. <laughs> <laughs> That's a really interesting point. Well, yeah, when you're having a normal conversation yeah. you're saying you you're hi hello what's your name also like <laughs> or if i'm like oh yeah so like the other day me and jack who's yeah. also in the room we're doing this thing yeah you know yeah exactly and then and also i think a lot of the time people do like kind of they them people like unintentionally yeah definitely like, oh me and jack were doing this and you're like what and we're like oh like they, shopping they were saying for, this yeah. shopping for a new leash for their dog yeah that's like <laughs> whatever that's fucking something shout outs if you're listening <laughs> <laughs> that's like a totally normal way to talk yeah without being weird and also the other thing that people were talking about too was that uh it's also offensive to if you don't ask pronouns to only use they them pronouns for the person whose gender you're not sure about yeah that's, that's really bad yeah i think that a lot of these issues could really be mitigated by people being okay with making mistakes yeah like it's really not a big deal i don't want to say it's not a big deal but like it happens that like mm-hmm. you get something wrong about someone because you didn't know yeah and when they correct you it could mm-hmm. be anything really it could be like their birth date it could be what their job is it could be their pronouns whatever Mm -hmm. the fuck and they correct you you don't need to self-flagellate about it right yeah like 
what if I didn't know what you did for work and I was telling someone what your job is and you were like, oh, actually, I do this. I'm not going to yeah. be like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm never going to do it again. I'm never going to tell anyone that you work for the government again. It was a big mistake. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, yeah, it's not a big deal. I misgender Sophie all the time when I'm not wearing my glasses and I'm, like, 20 meters away. I'm like, man, that teenage boy has a fat <laughs> Do you remember when you almost hit me with your car that one time? <laughs> that was so funny. Uh, but I knew it was you that time. <laughs> okay. All right. So, points. If it's better for you, which it probably would be for everyone, just stay off Twitter. Otherwise, turn back. Don't be scared of fucking idiot woke people. Yeah, it's not. We we miss you. You you're allowed you're allowed to talk about your own experience of being trans. Yeah. <laughs> Should we talk All about right. the internet? Let's talk about the internet. 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 So it is slut in Ottawa today. I chose not to have a beef because I knew this was going to be yours and it's also mine. <laughs> no, I know it's yours. I know it's yours. Sophie's the only real Sutsworth ally. Thank you. Um, <laughs> okay, so Slutwalk, if you guys don't have it in your city, is a day when women who claim that they suck a lot of dick and they're proud sluts and whatever put tape over their nipples and walk around and it's for sex worker rights. (laughs) 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 Or sometimes they don't even bravely put tape on their nipples. Sometimes they just go and post pictures of themselves at fucking slut. They're like the nipple. They're like, I am a, I am a slut. I'm so happy to be here at slut walk. And it's like, okay, Hookers are dying. <laughs> I'm so sorry you got drunk and tested your ex last week. You're such, <laughs> you're such a slut. <laughs> so the promo for that new Hustler movie came out today, too, where, like, J-Lo is, plays, like, a stripper or something, and I thought that that was interesting that they released the promo on the same day as a lot of the slut walks. It's probably not an accident. It isn't. That's why all the stripper discourse was happening. Yeah, I have watched the... <laughs> I watched the ad Yeah. for that movie when I was seeing it too last week, or this week, I guess, and... They, ha- they have a sit-down interview with J-Lo. Like, you know those cineplets, like, behind-the-scenes yeah. thing before the movie starts? And she was like, yeah. She's like, I had never done anything like this before, but when I got in the outfits and I put on the heels and there was money everywhere, I was really in character. I really felt like a stripper. And I was like, wow. <laughs> <laughs> Bitch, what have you been doing on stage for 30 years? Yeah, I... <laughs> I won't be seeing the stripper movie because no. um, I'll probably kill myself. <laughs> but I specifically want to talk about Slut Watch and how it doesn't achieve anything. And, like, obviously I believe in, like, the value of organized protest and stuff. But I think that there's a lot of illusions about it being cool to be a slut which is, like, a very broadly applied term. Yeah. Like, I don't think... Obviously, I don't... I don't think that it's cool or not cool to sleep with whoever you want. I think you're just, like, people have body autonomy and they can do whatever they want and it's 2019 and you don't need to have a a lock for that, especially because most of the women that I see posting pictures of themselves don't fit anyone's definition (laughs) of a slut. And I think it's a very, like a lot of feminist movements, it's it's very convoluted. I think it started as a thing that was about sex workers' rights. I think so. And then just anyone who likes to be like, I am a slut. (laughs) Just Let me find, there was one post that I saw that had, like, some specific hashtags on it where I was mm-hmm. like, oh, is that what it's about? Let me just check really quick. The people who posted about it were very disturbing. Yeah, the people that we know that posted about it were comedians in the scene who have, like, whorephobic jokes. 
So yeah. if you have a joke where you punch down at sets workers, you have no place at slut walk. It says end slut shaming and victim blaming. Okay, so it's about sexual assault legislation? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> so it's a movement with no direction. <laughs> hmm. Hmm. I just want to talk about, yeah, <laughs> I don't, I don't, I'm not, I'm done talking about why people are or aren't at slut walk or why people are or aren't freeing the nipple and any of the other brave things that feminists are doing. But I do, I would like to say that if anyone is interested in learning some things that you can do to actually support sex workers please reach out to me my dms are open for that sort of thing or if you are a sex worker and you're interested in organizing and you're local i can also provide some information Mm -hmm. for you because unfortunately there have been a lot of slut walks and there's still a lot of really harmful legislation which is in practice or there's there's just increase increasingly harmful legislation, legislation about sets work all over the world even in Canada private corporations are being allowed to impose more and more anti-sets work policies yeah. within their practices as well as obviously like sweeping government legislation especially in the states mm-hmm. but again with ripple effects in canada like we're still seeing a lot of effects of um fosta sesta definitely yeah yeah that's my beef yep and if you tell a joke about sets workers in front of me i will heckle you yeah or addicts, mm-hmm. or poor people. Mm-hmm. I will boo you just as much as other people would if you said the N-word on stage. <laughs> so try it. See what and happens. And I won't boo you if you do that. No, I'm kidding. Stop it. <laughs> I'm kidding. I would still boo you. <laughs> it's just the last bastion of wokeness. I know. It really people, is. People are not considered, like problematic for doing shitty hack jokes about about sets workers uh, yeah you, you can't do or one addicts. one racist joke you can do a million dead hooker jokes and it's like why <laughs> yeah a million jokes about poor people well there was an interesting actually we talked a little bit about on our bonus episode about that but but i just read that you're reading yeah. carceral capitalism yeah in the last chapter which is about race and gender and stuff she mentions that murder and sexual assault cases that involved sex workers and addicts and homeless people were specifically not investigated and the files were marked nha no human involved wow yeah and that's literally like people's attitude towards like unwoke jokes is that if you don't consider sex workers and addicts and homeless people to be actual human then it's not unwoke because you're not punching down at anyone exactly yeah (laughs) no that's fucked yeah i know that made me really upset it's a good book though read it okay (laughs) should we uh talk about some dumb bitches all right it's time for dumb Dumb bitch Bitch of the week I have something very exciting for you. Okay, I'm ready. I have my first mm-hmm. repeat dumb bitch. Okay, I'm ready. That's right, everybody. It's Corona Jeep 2001, my nipple piercing <laughs> reply guy, and Corona he's back. Jeep 2001. <laughs> he's messaged me Monday this week, Thursday, Thursday again, and Saturday. Okay, what did he say? Well, so every time I tweet about having nipple piercings, he messages me. <laughs> so on Monday, he said, hey. And then on Monday again, he said, How- howdy. Mm-hmm. Thursday, he said, hi. Mm-hmm. Thursday, how are you? Saturday, poke. <laughs> poke. <laughs> I know he's a nipple piercing reply guy because the first set of messages he ever sent me, which I talked about on the podcast, were, mm-hmm. hey there, congratulations on getting your nipples pierced. How long have you had them for now? I have a few piercings myself, too. Oh, this guy wants to show you his Prince Albert so bad. Yeah. Corona Jeep 2001. 
That's it's a, got four followers. That's a really iconic username. No! <laughs> Corona Motorcycle 2001. Yeah. <laughs> Yikes. Yikes. All right. Hmm. He's kind of hot. Yeah, he's not like the worst looking. <laughs> I feel like he's fucked up though. Definitely. Yeah. Damn. Damn. Love to have a lot to count with four followers. <laughs> Alright, I don't... He doesn't even follow me. That's so He's weird. He's just searching the word nipple piercing. Oh my god. I have a couple. Okay. My first one is, is pretty, pretty good. Okay. He commented on a picture of mine and he said, You look pretty tall. My dick is nine inches. She leaves a lot to wonder about. Like, if I'm tall, do I require longer dick? Right. I'm not tall for the record, but my pussy, pussy is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I have a long your money. I- <laughs> yes. <laughs> I have a long torso. Yeah. If yeah. that can influence the length of your pussy, my pussy is definitely tall. <laughs> <laughs> I hate that. I posted that in my story, the comment. Yeah. And then he deleted that comment. Okay. And then he commented on a different one of my pictures. Okay. And said, seriously, though, let me prove it to you. (laughs) (laughs) Why did he just respond to the story? I don't know. (laughs) That's really funny. That's really funny. Yeah. Because he's, like, obviously had his dick in his hand. Yeah. Also, seriously, though. Also, like, nine inches, amateur hour. (laughs) I just love that he's commenting on your photos yeah. to communicate with you. Yeah, also the picture that he said, let me prove it to you on, was the one of me at, like, the wedding. Like, I'm wearing, like, a floor-length dress. He's like, you look tall. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. Damn. The other one that I got was, I got a message request that said, hey, really weird request. Could you send me a picture of you holding a fork above your head? It's for a sugar daddy that wants me to prove I'm real. LOL. So they're using your pictures? Yeah. Great. If that's not just like a bit. Like I've definitely seen people. What? Just like say that? No. Like post of people doing shit to them before. But yeah, somebody might be faking me. Great. Yeah. I love that. Did you respond to them? No. Hmm. Somebody faked me on OkCupid in 2013. Iconic as if you would ever use OkCupid. I know. My friends all roasted me. They were like, you're on OkCupid? I was like, no. And they were like, oh, yeah, some chick who made their name like Rachel or something is using your pictures on OkCupid. You would never be a Rachel. No, I know. And I would never be on OkCupid. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. Well... Honestly, I'm going to hit that guy up. Nine inches is nine inches. Yeah. He only has a four-year-old daughter. Well, your pussy's tall, so. Yeah. God, I hope it's at least skinny. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) Should we do tweets of the week? Yeah. Okay. I'll go first. Mm -hmm. My tweet of the week is from little underscore hands one. Okay. Wow. I woke up to zero drunk texts. I hate the start of cuffing season. <laughs> Have fun apple picking with Jessica. Hope you guys get a fire pick with a pumpkin. See you May 1st. <laughs> <laughs> Energy. That's so funny. <laughs> See you May 1st. It's true. It's true. Uh, Have you ever gone to a pumpkin patch? No. Not me- as an adult. No, me neither. Maybe when I was a kid. Yeah. Yeah. Have you ever gone apple picking? No. Me neither. High Damn. five. <laughs> I would, though. Yeah? Yeah, not as, like, an activity, because I would want... But I guess you can just buy apples at the store. Yeah. Or you can just go there and buy apples. You don't have to pick them yourself. <laughs> like, if you I- want the good apples. Yeah. I really forgot about grocery stores for a second. I was like, well, what if I wanted to make a pie? <laughs> <laughs> We really be forgetting about apples. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking about it the other day. Because pumpkin spice shit just came out at Starbucks. Yeah. And I'm trying to figure out if I can drink it. No. I know. 
this is what I'm learning. Um, Do you like pumpkin spice? No, but I like adjacent flavors. Yeah. Like, I really like chai. I think you know I the like... cinnamon dolce. I'm going to have the cinnamon dolce. I like that yeah. one a lot. That's that's my pumpkin spice workaround. It does, because the pumpkin doesn't do anything for me. It's the spice. It's the spice blend. Yeah. Yeah. I always got the cinnamon dolce latte last fall. Yeah. That was my go-to. Really good. Yeah. Okay. They do a nutmeg latte, too, maybe. I just need to figure out which ones don't have the sugar in the mix. Yeah. Like, they're sweetened just outside. And I need to figure out, like, what syrups can come in, like, sugar-free and stuff. And people are like, just drink coffee. And it's like, I'm trying to have an experience here. Well, it's okay. like, obviously I drink coffee, but sometimes you don't want that. Sometimes I want a treat. Yeah. Okay. Feels nice. It does feel nice. Okay, what's your tweet? <laughs> My tweet of the week is Queen of the Fall at Zarina Hottie. Zarina as in C Z A R I N A. Okay. Hottie. And she said, People are weird as fuck. This dude on the train this morning talking about, give me a piece of your sandwich. I told him no. And he said, what's your first name? I'm going to pray that you don't enjoy that sandwich. I laughed so (laughs) hard at that tweet the other day. And then there's a picture of him praying on the train. What's your first name? (laughs) I'm going to pray that that you you don't don't enjoy enjoy it. Honestly, energy also. Are you her or him? I'm him. Give me a bite of that sandwich. Well, no, but I would pray that somebody didn't enjoy their sandwich. Okay, fair. (laughs) I'm a hater about, like, really petty shit. Like, I definitely (laughs) wish ill on people all the time, which is, like, such a horrible quality to admit to. (laughs) I was just telling Sophie... That I found out that this girl that I know missed a bunch of, like, professional emails that she, like, (laughs) needed for work, and I laughed out loud. (laughs) It is funny. It was funny, yeah. (laughs) Damn. All right. All right. Should we close up? I'm hungry, but I ate so much already today. Well, if you're hungry, you probably need it. But I didn't do anything. I told you. I slept for nine hours, woke up, ate a pepperoni stitch, and then went back to sleep for three more. Well, then how could you have eaten that much today? True. You slept for 12 hours. I had like. <laughs> it's only 9 p.m. Okay, I had like four slices of Domino's pizza, two tablespoons of peanut butter, and that piece of pumpkin cake that you saw me eating when you came in. That's like one meal. I'm a very hungry caterpillar. If <laughs> <laughs> you give a mouse a cookie. If <laughs> <laughs> you give an avocado, diabetic coma. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. We're going to sign off. We'll see you guys after Edmonton. Yay. Or in Edmonton, maybe. True. Yeah. Come out. Yeah. All right. Bye. Bye. <laughs> I'm a stupid bitch. I'm a stupid bitch. I am a stupid bitch. I am a stupid bitch.